You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. everybody this is in liberty and health episode number 46 i hope i got that right i'm sometimes not that great at it um i got ali crenshaw on the line um we had a little bit of scheduling delays but she said she was a little busy drinking liberal tears um i'm not exactly sure where she got them from but i'm very very curious about that because i would like to get my hands on some <laughs> ali how you doing hey there I, i'm good it's been a good morning good 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 to hear um, so you are the author of Frogs Don't Need Floaties, which is incredibly cute, and I'm glad that there's someone out there of the uh, right-wing persuasion, if you will, that's publishing books, especially targeted towards children, which some people may kind of scratch their heads at, but um, the right-wing perspective tends to be that of one that, you know, respects natural order and hierarchy and um, perhaps even sometimes conscientiousness. Um, can you just kind of elaborate on your background and how you got to be to where you are today? Sure. So I'm writing under a pseudonym. Um, I'm actually very involved in the writing and publishing community. I have some books out with some big five publishers. And I've noticed that the, you know, the industry is very far left. All the messaging is very far left. Um, the authors are very censored. There's contractual obligations where you can't have your reputation change or they can take away your advance money. Um, you're very incentivized to only, you know, use leftist messaging in your books and you're on your Twitter profile, et cetera. And it's um, built up over the years. It's, um, you know, very cycling. So I feel one of the issues I feel very strongly about is child mask masking. I just think kids should not be in masks. Um, I also am a conservative on many other, you know, um, political issues. But this one in particular, I feel is so important. I feel like our kids are being taught to never question authority, to just um, accept whatever their teacher tells them, the experts are saying, and not really look at the data or alternative, alternative viewpoints. So this book is my way to try to combat that. Um, in the story, Frankie, his school nurse comes in and she's very paranoid and she wants them to all wear floaties so that they never fall into the puddles and uh, you know get trapped in the puddles, she says. 
and he's the only one in his class that kind of questions this. Everyone just goes along with it and they pick out their floaties and they're happy with the colors. And he said, this doesn't make sense to me. Like I've never seen someone fall in a puddle and frogs know how to swim. And he expresses these concerns with his mom and the teacher doesn't listen. And so I try to maintain a balance of respecting your teachers, but also, um, you know, challenging things that don't make sense. And there's kind of a fun twist at the end where it's able to have a happy ending. Right. And there certainly is value in respecting authority, but when that authority Mm -hmm. tends to lead you astray and is consistently proven wrong, then perhaps it's time to consider if that authority is legitimate. Now, that's not to go say, let's go burn down the White House, but um, it, it definitely is to say that we should be skeptical of all authority, especially when it claims to be omniscient or omnipotent that's the right word I'm looking for, and uh, claim to know all when um, you can look just slightly underneath the surface and find contradictory information. Um, right. I really admire the fact that you put this book out because I feel like this isn't something that's quite talked about as much as it should be, is the effect that it's having on children and our youth. Um, I am 27 years old and I plan to have children in the future, and it, it kind of gives me pause to think of being a father, raising a child in a world um, that seems to be okay with sacrificing our children's current day lives for the sake of the elderly who got to enjoy their lives un, you know, uninterfered with to the degree that um, our children are being uh, you know, interfered with and having their liberties taken away, which I know people may say it's just a mask, but we have to think about the bigger picture you know, because we communicate a lot through body language and um, you know, it's just very, very good for children to see people's faces, understand their expressions, because when you speak, you think, right? You're trying mm-hmm. to see what people think by their facial expressions, by their body language. So if that bit of communication is kind of cut off, then we don't know the long-term consequences of that. And that really seems to be kind of the focus, what I'm understanding of what you're putting forth. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that a lot of parents are very you know, they don't want to admit that they've done anything wrong. So they immediately reject this notion that it might have some negative mental, you know, effects on their kids. They they don't want to even confront that they may have done that to their kids. And I understand because that's painful. Um, but a lot of recent, you know, psychologists and data is coming out showing that their speech is delayed. They're having a lot more mental health issues. And I think the masking is a huge part of this. Um, it really instills fear. Uh, it makes them hypochondriac. Like a lot of kids are, they feel a lot of guilt. Someone actually on Twitter the other day, I was um, saying something about the negative mental health uh, effects of masking. And they sent me an article about a child, and this is a heartbreaking story, so I'm sorry to be such a downer, but his father caught COVID. Um, I guess from the kid, at least he felt like it was from him. And that played a factor in this child committing suicide. He felt so much guilt over his dad dying from COVID that he killed himself. And so the person was saying, see, we need to have masks because um, children's parents are dying because of COVID. And I'm like, wait a second. The mask would not have stopped the father from dying from COVID. I mean, as much as we want to skew the data, actually masking does not prevent COVID, like, at all. 
so what really um, this article is more proving my point that the masking is putting this burden of guilt on our kids. They feel like every time their mask slips under their nose, that they could accidentally kill someone, that they could kill someone's grandma. And can you imagine as a child, you have enough to worry about, and then you have this weight of, of you know, the world on your shoulders where you're going to get other people sick and uh, you're selfish if you want to play and run around outside without a mask. The things that are happening in our, especially blue district schools, is to me child abuse. I agree completely. And I've had uh, Facebook friends who consider themselves libertarians, shockingly enough, saying um, <clears throat> that, oh, this isn't child abuse. There's nothing wrong with this. Well, I, I just can't in my heart of hearts agree because when I see children outside by themselves in warm weather wearing masks, it, it's, it's ridiculous. We have literally taught children that they're walking disease vectors. And exactly. I, can't, I can't imagine anything more disgusting than that because these are our mm -hmm. future. We're putting mountains of debt on top of them and putting them into a world that, you know, basically people voted for wars, all the stimulus spending and all this ridiculousness. And it's been thrust onto them. And now we tell them they have to wear masks and that, you know, you better behave and listen to the science or else you're going to kill your grandmother. Um, exactly. It's not a good world for children to thrive and it absolutely breaks my heart. And like I said, it's it's not somewhere where I would look forward to raising children in this kind of environment. Now, that being said, I still plan to have children because, you know, how else do you get the pendulum to swing the other way without kind of pushing your ideas forward into the next generation and also, totally. you know, instilling these values in future generations to come. Um, mm -hmm. Initially, when all this started happening, um, you're a mother, correct? Yes. Were you skeptical for your children and your loved ones? Um, I, I think everybody was. Personally, I kind of felt like from the outset it was overblown, but I would completely understand why other people felt, you know, reason to be concerned. Um, was that, would that describe you or did you feel differently? So in the very beginning, of course, I was terrified. As a parent, your most important thing in your life is your children. You love them so much. And when we didn't know, I thought, well, maybe this could, you know, get my kid really sick, my kid dying with the worst fear. So, um, yeah, I think for the first probably few weeks of the pandemic, I was, um, you know, very careful. And then I started listening to the data. And I think this is what a lot of people weren't doing. Um, I would listen to um, Alex Berenson, Ben Shapiro, uh, people who were actually analyzing the data and the age stratification, which the mainstream outlets were not doing. They were just lumping everything together. And I thought, oh, look, it's really only affecting the elderly with comorbidities. It's not affecting children. What a relief. And ever since that point, I never made my, my children wear masks anywhere except for places where they absolutely had to, like the doctors. But even we would go into Walmart and I never made them because something about it just feels wrong, you know, and it also is uncomfortable for little ones. Right. And it's mind-boggling to see some of these videos of children literally screaming and crying with a mask shoved on their face um mm -hmm. it's as our beloved senator in kentucky always says rand paul um that it's just absolute theater because you walk into a restaurant with a mask on and then as soon as you sit down you're allowed to take the mask off um totally and the children of the parents who follow along with this they're learning that 
you just play along with society even if it doesn't make sense you just do what other people do um, you just do what other people do just because that's what we do we don't question it we follow along what other people are doing and this is such a bad message to send to children this is how you know so many evils in um, society have been perpetuated because of mindsets and attitudes like this and um i saw this video the other day of uh it was i think it was a canadian or a french video where they were interviewing little children and these sweet innocent children were saying the most horrible things like oh the people who are unvaccinated we should just take all everything away from them until we force them to be vaccinated and these mindsets are coming from the adults in their lives they're learning to view other people as dangerous as vectors as scary um and we don't we want our kids to have a more realistic mindset see things more balanced and understand the nuance of things um so in the book you know i don't have him revolt and tear up his mask and try to rally his students or his fellow students because i don't want kids to feel like they have to do that either that could get them in trouble and that's even more burden on them um instead i have him talk about it with his mom talk about you know the think about the pros and cons and then like have a conversation with his teacher um which in kind of a clever way where he demonstrates some everyday risks to her um so i just think that it depends on your situation in life but the people who are living in blue states where like you have to wear a mask to the doctor you can talk to your kids honestly and say okay this doesn't make sense but do we have to wear the mask to the doctor or else we can't go to the doctor so in this situation you know we have to weigh the pros and cons and it makes sense to wear it to the doctor now when we go to the restaurant it's not required so we're not going to wear it you know and kind of you have to be honest with them what the realities of the world are and help them learn to weigh the pros and cons of each scenario they're put in right and that is the trade-off that we have to make actually in everyday life is the pros and cons of sometimes liberty and um safety or security but um i can't remember who exactly said the quote but a man who sacrifices liberty for safety will get neither and i think that's very very true that's right. um that's you know we drive vehicles every single day and um for children it's quite true that they're much 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 more likely to die in a, a car accident than they are to die from covid um right. i i had looked at a research paper i believe it was from noam barda at all um it was on my twitter at one point so you know good luck to anybody trying to find it but um there were about 9 million cases of covid and um children aged from 18 to 29 i believe it was right and mm -hmm. out of those 9 million cases, only about 4,000 of those resulted in death. And I did not, you know, sit there and tear apart the numbers completely, but that boils down to about a half of 1%, or yeah, I think a half of 1%, maybe even less than that. Um, and the risk of seeing myocarditis and dying from the vaccine was about one in 32,000, somewhere around there. Um, and that number keeps getting smaller and smaller like every subsequent study i feel like the risk of myocarditis just keeps rising as time goes on right and there's no guarantee that you're going to be exposed to covid right my fiance right. and i went all over the place to pretty much live life as normal throughout most of the pandemic hell we were going to go on a cruise in uh, april of 2020 but then you know obviously all that stuff happened but um we didn't get COVID until march so if you're not exposed to covid then you know you won't get it 
and you're not guaranteed to be exposed to COVID. If you get the vaccine, then there's no going back at that point. And I'm not here to discourage anybody right. from getting it, but um, it, it's said that we're not able to have the honest conversation of, well, what's the risk and benefit of getting vaccinated versus just getting COVID and getting over it? Because in my mind, right. from all the data I've seen, and even if you look at the Israeli data, which I covered in my last podcast, um, Israel has the highest vaccination rate, I think, in the world, right? Somewhere around there. They have like 65.6% mm-hmm. of their um, population is vaccinated. Um, just a couple days ago, right? January 20th of 2022, they set the world record in cases per capita. So, and that's not to say the vaccines don't work. They don't do anything, but it kind of sounds a little ass backwards when we were sold essentially the bill of goods told that this vaccine's the panacea and we're going to see the end of the pandemic. But then, you know, you have situations like that and, um, you know, people seeing adverse reactions to these vaccines. So it, right. it's just a very strange, you know, to square that circle. And there's absolutely zero transparency about the adverse effects. Mm-hmm. Like you never... Um, there's no investigation into the bears data. There's no statistics coming out showing, okay, uh, this group of people who got the vaccine ended up having this many heart problems and this group who was unvaccinated um, had this many, you know, they don't do these studies because they're afraid of the results, in my opinion. I just don't understand why we can't have the honest and transparent data so that people can make their own decisions on their own cost risk. Right. And I think that's the uh, people of our persuasion who tend to be a little bit more leaning on the liberty side. Um, That's what we want to know. And I really don't hear too many people. Now, obviously, there are some people who are very, very um, anti-COVID vaccine, and that's okay. I understand that. Um, But a majority of people are saying, look, I don't care if people get it and i'm not particularly against it there's even some people who are vaccinated who feel the same way but we just want to have an honest conversation about the data about the risks and benefits and then obviously for a younger person it's going to be less risk you know less risk for them to get covid and get over it than Mm -hmm. um, potentially getting the vaccine and seeing a side effect from it and you know it's just ridiculous that you get banned on social media or called a conspiracy theorist when you just want to ask these questions when these are, this is a conversation that needs to be had. And especially if we're going to be jamming this into uh, children five to 11 years old arms when we know they're not a significant vector of spreading this disease or even seeing any kind of adverse reaction from this disease. Totally. And the majority of the population understands this, which is what they don't want you to know. But the, the data doesn't lie. Um, last I saw it was one in six children, five to 11 was vaccinated. One in six, that's such a tiny number. Now maybe it's gone up from then, but still um, it shows you that the vast majority of parents understand that this cost risk analysis does not make sense for their child. Yet, if you just heard, you know, if you just listened to the mainstream media, you would think, oh yeah, everyone recommends it. Of course, the majority of people are gonna have their kids vaccinated. That's just not happening in reality because surprise, surprise, some people actually do have common sense when it comes to putting their child through a risky, you know, medical procedure that they, by all available evidence, um, don't need. So right. that does give me a little bit of hope for humanity that most kids that age are not receiving the shot. Um, I hope that this doesn't get you in trouble me saying this kind of thing. I'm sorry to suggest. No, believe me, I say uh 
<laughs> if you've listened to any of my other podcasts, um, I had one pulled for covering the uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and uh, Jeffrey Epstein mm-hmm. case, unfortunately. That one's still up everywhere except for YouTube. They pulled that down because uh... they said it was um, they said it was harassment, even though I couldn't figure out who we were harassing. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> right, right. So I'm kind of glad you shifted it more to an optimistic note. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time, and you've been very generous with um, kind of scheduling here. Um, are you optimistic going forward? Because it seems to me that this narrative cannot be held on to so tightly anymore. And like a lot of people are kind of seeing the uh, house of cards for what it is. You know, I am not a natural optimist, unfortunately. Um, I do think that there is a big swing going on in our culture where the pendulum's kind of swinging back to more, um, independent media um, people are not trusting the mainstream outlets and that's a good thing I think um, that some a lot of people are waking up however I also see a lot of these people very stuck and they're experiencing the sunk cost fallacy where they just can't admit that they were wrong because they invested too much into it and I see a lot of those people honestly masking possibly for the rest of their lives so I hope I'm wrong about that, but I kind of think that it's here to stay that where we'll see this, you know, possibly forever, at least, you know, during cold and flu season. Um, I just hope that it gets the heck out of the schools. That's the one thing that I am most passionate about. Right. And I share that same hope. Um, and it, it seems almost kind of split. But I would certainly hope that more and more people like yourself would, you know, kind of see this for what it is and realize that, you know, once again, children are not at any significant risk from this and that we should teach children to be brave and to be, you know, the shepherds of courage and um, bring back the America that we all once knew you know, a proud nation of rugged individuals who didn't need government and who didn't need authoritarians and tin pot dictators telling them how to live their lives. Um, I feel like in 2022, 2024, there's a major opportunity for people who are more liberty minded to come out and speak um, the truth about things and to be honest about how important individual liberty and, um, you know, essentially autonomy and free markets is to um, the American way of life. I don't know if we'll see it. I don't know who's going to do it, but I certainly hope there's voices out there. Um, so is there anything exciting coming up for you in the future and anything you wish to plug before we get out of here? Um, just go look me up on Twitter. I'm at AllieFrenshaw12. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Frogs Don't Need Floaties. You can find the book on Amazon. You have to put in Frogs Don't Need Floaties book. For some reason, you have to write the book or it can send you to like yeah and i'm hoping that i have you know more books out in the future i'm kind of waiting to see how this pans out it's been a lot of fun so far i've had a lot of good feedback coming in um so yeah i hope you check it out if you can read it to your kids or just drop it off at your library stick it in the shelves i had people tell me they're a local like uh, pop-up library and people's neighborhoods and you know there's, there's lots of fun things you could do with this book 
Awesome. Well, I definitely look forward to getting it and I hope everybody else picks it up. Um, there are other libertarian authors and it's kind of cool to see that coming about because if we can kind of teach kids these values early on, then hopefully they kind of, that resonates with them and then they share it with their friends. And, um, you know, we can kind of carry on this message of what America is supposed to be about into uh, future generations. Um, Ali, thank you so much for coming on and being generous with your time. Um, I will have your book link um, to Amazon in the description, as well as your Twitter, and I'll get your Instagram on there as well. Um, this was in Liberty and Health episode 46. Thank you everybody so much for listening and take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.